Hello and welcome to the Health Gaming Podcast. I'm Bradley and once again I'm joined by Stu in what I think is our 31th episode together. Would that be right, Stu? It is 31th and perfectly said, yeah. Uh, 31th, yes, that, that <laughs> sounds about right. So it's going to be a, a bit of a shorter one, quite possibly, unless Stu's feeling too weak to actually stop me talking at any point this time round because you're a little bit under the weather. Generally, how, apart from that, how are you? Not too bad. Yeah, it's good to meet up the other day when uh, we got together and finally said hello in person and saw each other's families and stuff. That was really nice. So a whole, whole so- new era. Socially distanced. Socially distanced, <laughs> yeah. though. Just about, yeah. yeah. There was no sort of like stripping down, oiling up and wrestling. Sadly not. Well, uh, save that, that for no. yeah, save that for winter. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, it was good. And we'll, we'll come. I'm going to come a bit more to my... Um, recent trip up to Liverpool um, after we've done the game section. So, have you been playing much? Not a massive amount. I've played uh, some Elite Dangerous, uh, finally. You know, jumping on that bandwagon only about five or six years late. So the reason why was because uh, I got a HOTAS, so that's a, a flight stick with a throttle. I uh, got that from, oh, I don't know, some guy. Some guy I met. I have no idea. Yeah, no. Do you know what it means? Do you know what HOTAS means without looking uh, it? It means a ho- something like hold hold, and, no, hold and throttle assist? No, something something like that. Hey, hands on throttle and stick. Hands on throttle and stick. Right, got it. Yeah. Which also sounds like some kind of um, sex position. It all sounds sexy, are. doesn't it? Yeah, you can't get away from it. But um, oh. sexiness is, unlike Elite Dangerous is like, the mirror opposite of sexy it's the you know when you're traveling across the universe you'd have to travel for many many years to find sexy because it's the least sexy game so it's entirely obviously you know a space flight simulator a spaceship simulator and based on the old the old game obviously it's a, se- a much delayed sequel to frontier and and elite before that and yeah i was holding off on getting a proper flight stick and it being cheap and being able to play VR playing VR so the three finally aligned uh, this last few days it's, it's magnificent in VR it's just that there are lots there are quite a few VR games that have you in space but there aren't very many that are a full proper massive game like this that still has tons of controls I mean <laughs> was just saying that, that there's the downside in that because it's so complex, you do have to refer to like what the controls are, and that means taking your headset off to have a look at a bloody long list. But I'm getting I'm getting the hang of it. Anyway, it's absolutely fantastic. It's not for everybody. It's a sim, so it's more about the control and the moment-to-moment use of the controls to do something very precise, more than it is to achieve objectives. And so, you, you know, that won't appeal to everybody. Um, but it's really clicked in me, and uh, I've not been able to be in it as much as I want, but I've still uh, still really enjoying it. Yeah, it's Elite Dangerous. I, I put it up there where it's um, it's a f- space version of like Microsoft Flight Simulator or Train Simulator. It's like what you'd imagine if someone's gone so many, many years into the future blown some ships around and has decided to make a simulator game based on it because everything just feels so real 
within that game, even without VR or anything like that. It just feels so real. What you need to do to get through to certain objectives, how you pilot the ship, the way you move between various different world solar systems, galaxies, whatever. It feels like a sim born out of reality rather than something that's overly fantastical, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. There are very few sort of shortcuts in it that I've found to that, that defy physics. I mean, there are some, obviously, but it. I think it sticks to its model. It goes, right, we're doing this, we're, we're modelling it like this, there's light speed, but we'll try and do it in the Star Trek kind of way rather than the Star Wars kind of way. So, yeah. I believe, if, I, if I'm if i right, and I might have just made this up, so it's a fact in the politics way, a fact is a fact, but I believe it is a completely accurately modelled universe. Yeah, I've, yeah. So it does have Earth and it does have the Milky Way galaxy and it's all properly set out and you can travel to anywhere that's been discovered even far-flung places, they are accurately modelled and you can get there. And I just find that fascinating that that is possible in a game. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's staggering. Yeah, amazing. Um, it's it, not quite as amazing as the very first game, which was, what, 10K or something. <laughs> but even so, it's not that wasn't fully accurately modelled, so we'll let it off. But I think both games, both the very original one from 30-odd years ago and, and this one are equally as sort of forward thinking and busting the the limits of what can be done um in terms of you know modeling and accuracy so yeah yeah it's fantastic yeah no absolutely brilliant and on the size of games like that when you get rockstar boasting about the size of san andreas and then you just go yeah but in you know 1984 yeah <laughs> affect me yeah um frontier and David Brabham done that with Elite to a much grander scale in 10k of space. So, you know. Yeah, I know. It's Until you could accurately do that in Grand Theft Auto, then Grand Ship Auto. There you go. Oh, there you go. There's a new franchise. Uh, well, they need to do something. Saints Row went into space, I think. So, Did it? I'm, GTA I'm not, can't I'm do it. I'm not, I, don't, I didn't enjoy GTA games, so I didn't bother playing Saints Row either. But uh, they sound like they take themselves less seriously than the the gta games yeah oh no definitely um i much prefer saints row on a personal level uh, but no that's again the more you get into elite dangerous the more you'll lose yourself to it trust me on that one i, I lost ages to that awesome um i've been a lot more grounded than you have then um, and that's not because I've, I've not played grounded that would have been a nice segue anyway i've been playing a lot of puzzle games a lot of Sudoku, some Sliverly. I've done a stream last week um, going through some of the various different variations of Sudoku. And those have been great fun. I, I, I love a logic puzzle. And it was really interesting trying to solve it with other people helping you doing puzzles that I'd already done before. And it's what I love about logic puzzles. You can do one and you can literally go back to it the next day and you still have to solve it again. Yeah. You know, if you do a crossword, you know the answers because you've done the answers. But you do a logic puzzle and you wipe it. Your brain goes, what? This is this is brand new. You, you can do. I have a set of five or six different Sudokus. 
one week at the start of the month, go back at the end of the month, you'd have brain just can't take in. Now, don't get me wrong, I dare say there's some people out there who could look at a Sudoku puzzle, do it once, pick it up a year later and know exactly where everything goes. But that's not the average person. But yeah, I love them. I absolutely love them. They're up there with games like Tetris that set me up for playing other games. I would play a Sudoku game before going into a a, a deck building game or something because it allows me to think logically. It allows me to work things out. And I suppose it's what I call them. It's great warm-up games for playing other games and and for everyday life. It allows me to really focus my brain more than anything. But yeah. Yeah. On my list all week. Yes. Sorry, you, you're fading out often for me, and, and it's quite crackly. I don't know if it's something that you can hear your end. No, it seems fine, my end, but I did just move away from the mic a bit there, so that is... Oh, you've gone again. Got me now? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's I keep moving away from the mic. I've got to sit still. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, uh, sorry to You can leave that bit in if you... No, you can leave that bit in if you want, because it covers my ADHD as well. Fair play. But yeah, no, aside from that, it's been quiet for me in terms of games this week, but I've got lots I want to play next week, um, including one I can't talk about yet. Ah, have you told me about it <laughs> offline? Oh, I can tell you what the game is, I just can't talk about it. It's Cloud Gardens. Okay. Um, I don't know Which is <laughs> a... No, it's an indie game. It's an indie game. It's, you know, kill surprise. Basically, it's growing nature up little dioramas of urban areas. I can't say much more, but yeah, I can't wait to talk about it, which might give you a little clue as to if it's good or not. Yeah, sounds like you think it's terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, we might as well move on from games. We did say this is going to be a relatively short episode. Yeah, it's been an interesting week for me. As you know, because I came to see you, uh, I said last week, I actually had a trip away this week. I went up to Liverpool to spend the weekend, go up there because I moved up there a while ago. My son was born there before we came back down south, so we like to visit. Done a few of the touristy things that that you do because it's great for my son to go and take photos and help hold his craft. But one of the things that really struck me was I miss it. I miss being there and we can't afford to live where we are. We can't afford to move out of our tiny flat where we are. It's just too expensive um, down in the southeast. So we took a bit of a decision as a family that we are ready to save some money and move back to Liverpool. We was comfortable there. It's a cheaper way of life. And there's just so many more opportunities there than what we get here, which sounds ludicrous when you think we're right on top of London. But the issue comes from if I want to look for work in mental health, there's not actually that much around surrounding areas of London. There's very minimal jobs in Chelmsford, loads in London, loads in London. But then that requires really expensive trips into London on a daily basis. And was looking at the the cost of doing so from where I am. And it becomes a point where you're going, is it worth the travel? 
I'm not, you know, I'm going to be spending so much on travel, having to get up stupidly early to get anywhere. And it just was like, that's not really feasible. So what options are there locally? And not very many, not very many. I mean, there are jobs, but, you know, you feel that you'll be fighting with a much larger local pool to get less jobs. Whereas when I looked in the northwest, even using Liverpool as a base, you know, if I could look at Warrington um, or surrounding areas there. But from Liverpool to Manchester, even to Leeds and places like that, yes, the travel's there, but it's cheaper for a start. And the difference in wages now isn't as fast as it used to be. So it's not as if it all offsets as the, the same. So looking at it, career opportunities for me are very much there. Um, for my kids, for Lucas especially, there's so much in the Northwest that he can get to with ease to go and take photos. Looking at it, you know, John Moore's university has a great program when it comes to creative. So that's there for him as well. And hopefully with money we save by living somewhere like that, we'll give my kids a chance of saving money themselves to be able to actually afford their own place and not repeat the same mistakes we made as parents. So, yeah, it's really weird. It's something we've been thinking about for quite some time. But it just kind of really hammered it home, hammered it home this weekend being like there and realising how many people we still know in the northwest and that are fairly close to us. And yeah, I think we're, we're hoping by the time he starts year 10 at school, which is next year, we can be moved, ready for him. Yeah, that would be really great for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like the northwest. So yeah, I live in Chester and uh, that's, if you want to know where Chester is, then watch that Alan Partridge episode where he has the stalker superfan uh, and Alan Partridge explains where it is. But yeah, so, you know, we met up in Cheshire Oaks, which a lot of people know, even if they've not really been up to the Northwest very often. So it's a big shopping centre, but um, Chester's a, a nice place to live. The Northwest still feels like a bit of an anti-Brexit enclave, which is is great. But it was still it was not enough for for me and we me and my wife had made the decision to move to Scotland uh, when the Brexit thing happened and we kind of done all the prep in our minds you know we've spoken to our families and had bad bad reactions and good reactions and we weathered that storm and we were just starting to make the full-on plans for for a full move and then Covid hit and it really hurt our mental health because we were once we'd made that decision we were so happy we were afraid you know not afraid but you know we were trepidatious and we were excited um but you know it, we were really really looking forward to it it felt like being young again in a way and making that decision yeah. to move was it clicked it was like you know turning on a switch it just felt like it fell into the right position so and are you? Is that how you're feeling now? Now that you've made your choice, um, it's weird because I'm going back to somewhere where I lived for a little while. Um, a partner lived there as well for a good while. So for me, it's now I've got an achievable goal. We've always known we've got to move out of here. You know, our three-year-old daughter still sleeps in the same room with us, and she—that's going to start getting strange soon. She's going to realise it. We could do without her, you know, pretty much sharing a, a bed with us. Um, my son is 13 now. He's not going to want to share a room 
for a couple of years with a five, six-year-old little sister when he's going to want time to himself. So it's, yeah, it's now an achievable goal. We knew we could never really afford to do it. And it was like, yeah, we'll get round to it. We'll get round to it. We'll find somewhere. But a three-bedroom house where we are, we're looking at £1,500 a month. You know, I don't think I've found many properties near £1,500 in, in in Liverpool, at least. So, you know, if you look at certain areas, you probably can. But you're getting more bang for your buck. You're getting more rooms still. And we can find a, a three-bedroom place for pretty much the 750 we're paying for a small two-bedroom flat here. So it's not, there's no trepidation at the moment. It's all excitement. It's all, I've, I have got something I can achieve and I can cut down on this and that because I've now got something to really focus on. I've got a goal that I know I can do and not just a pipe dream. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's kind of where I am at the moment. Now, I know that's going to change at some point. I know the panic's going to set in. Uh, things won't go quite as well. You know, car will probably break and we'll need to get that fixed out of it. The budget will start saving. But, yeah, at the moment, it's got me, again, just continually where my mental health is improving. I'm in a very good place with it at the moment. Yeah. I, I dare say another massive lockdown, which puts the kibosh on everything, will hit will hit me hard. But no, that's where I am now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, it's excellent. It's uh, yeah, we we kind of the the fear was a lesser part of things. It was definitely more excitement, and yeah. it sounds as though you've got you, like you said, you're in the right mental health space to make that decision. So yeah, so it's just the timings now, isn't it? Just sorting out how long it will take you to make that move and find, I suppose you know for your partner to find a new job and things like that as well yeah so that's that's the one thing we've got to make sure is in place first my partner needs to find work before we go because we can't afford for us to go without one of us in work um, and it makes sense for me to spend a year studying getting anything I need um, qualifications wise to get some kind of job in mental health um even if it's a you know a, a learning job along the way or, or whatever that 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 involves but my partner needs to be in work so that will have to be in place but again that gives us a goal to work towards it, you know i now can focus on knowing i've got universal credit i can focus on getting the qualifications i need to get a job i need to get and we we just go we go from there it's just all it's all just so good and already it's a case of right what can we chuck out what can we start getting rid of what 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 don't we actually need so we can make the move unfortunately i do need to bring the children i can't i've been told i can't kick those out i can't put those into the rubbish heap (laughs) you met them they're insane those kids yeah (laughs) bless them they're very sweet oh no that's not what i would call them they just don't (laughs) stop honestly i i'm i'm so this is the other thing I want to talk about. So I suppose it's a, a decent segue. It's um, they've gone back to school today. As this is recorded, that they've gone back to school, and I've gone through a range of emotions with it. From the, I don't want them back at school. I don't want them to go back at school. It's not nothing. The guinea pigs at the moment. They're treating our kids as guinea pigs to see what happens. Um, to the. Um, okay, look, they can go back because the school is putting in the um, the precautions needed. 
Um, although they're making some weird decisions, like I'll mention, I'll, I'll talk about those in a sec. That just really, I, I'm not happy with. But you've got to abide by them. To the point over the past couple of weeks where I've just gone, I don't care if there's a second outbreak. Just give me a couple of weeks without them. They can go back to school and take the risk because otherwise they're going to be murdered. <laughs> um, so I've gone through all those emotions. Um, but today just feels weird now they've gone. It's quiet for the first time in, what are we now, six months? Yeah, six yeah. months, yeah. But yeah, it's like the first time I've had proper quiet in six months and, you know, already managed to get like a voiceover done for one of the new like uh, five-minute ramble review videos that I'm looking at doing. Yeah, it's I'm lost, but also it feels good, man. It feels so good. Um, yeah. I had to, both of them were nervous today. Um, you could tell that. I think uh, Edith was nervous because it's just going back to school. I don't think like the COVID-19 has anything to do with it. I think it's just nervous because she's not been to school for six months. My son, I think, is showing trepidation with it. I've, I've said to him, like, first thing you do when you go in, speak to your tutor because of your ADHD, find out where you can go or who you can go and speak to if you feel anxious or overly nervous because they've, they've got to have something set up. It's a school that has prided pride, uh, pride itself on its Senko relations um, and dealing with kids with mental health or, or disabilities and, and things like that. So they've got to have something in place for the kids who can't cope with it. Yeah. Um, so I hope that's the case. Um, but you could tell this morning there was both there was a nervous excitement about both of them, um, and it struck me more with my daughter because I didn't realise how much she's grown up in these six months either, because I've seen her every day. But watching her sort of like how she's going to school and the reactions to going to school and getting ready for it and things like that, it's completely different to how it was six months ago when she was going to school. Right. And I think we're starting to see now kids are going back to school rather than us going back to work or getting back to normal in inverted commas. That's where we're seeing the effect of the what what's happened in the past six months because kids, especially younger kids, have grown so much in that time. Yeah. Hanging around with adults all that time will have definitely changed the way they behave too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Edith likes to sit down with a cigar with her slippers and, you know... <laughs> Um, but yeah no it does and it has an effect because they're not around kids their own age and they haven't been you know for a good portion of it they weren't able to um, but yeah what, what's really weird, what really got me angry though about the whole school return thing is Lucas's school and I won't name it because it's unfair to name what the school is but they, they've got a lot of the basic rules you know where you can you know make sure your clothes are washed and fresh every single day just to cut down on infection risks and there's going to be social distancing everything there is fine but then it's the case of they've got to wear a full school uniform properly can they afford new school uniform to send the kids back into can they and all the bits they need I don't think they can or they can't guarantee that they can. So I think it's wrong to go, you've got to wear this certain school uniform. Um, and the other thing they've done is they are insistent on the kids should be wearing masks where possible, which is fine. I agree with that. 
but they've decided that the masks must be a single plain colour. We shouldn't be telling the kids it's got to be this, it's got to be that, because I know when we got Lucas a mask and we got Edith a mask, we got the masks that were fun because we didn't want it to feel like it was something that was a big scary thing that they've got to start doing. We wanted it to be sort of like, hey, look, you can customise this, you can make it a part of you. So, like, my son's got a Romford Raiders mask, he's got a Mo Salah mask, my daughter's got a Pokemon mask. And everyone, when you see them out and about, is wearing patterned masks or logo masks and all things like that. But the school's decided they've got to be a plain colour. Any colour you want, but they've got to be plain. And I was like, but surely some of these kids are wearing masks that they've got because it helps them feel comfortable. And if you take that from them and go, you've got to conform to this... You're just all you're doing is upping their anxiety at a time when they're feeling anxious anyway, and it's the one thing that has really, really pissed me off. And I don't know what to do about. It. I, don't, I know there's nothing I can do about it because I'm just going to be one voice at the school, and a lot of people will be like, "No, the school has said it's what it is. It is what it is." But I'm going to sound like I'm like net mums here. But am I being unreasonable? That doesn't seem unreasonable to me. I mean, it just. It's got a lot of schools, not all schools, but they they'll take any any excuse to just crack down and be authoritarian. You know, hmm. um, I I don't know whether it's because they think it'll make the kids easier to control. Uh, I guess that's what it is. I mean, you know, uh, there's arguments about school uniform. Like, is it just a means of control, or is it so that you know poorer kids might, if you're wearing like your, your regular clothes, poorer kids might get picked on. I've always thought oh, that's a bit iffy. I, I always thought it's a bit authoritarian, to be honest. But hey, mm. uh, you know, I feel like an old hippie. The, the older I get, no, but- no. I, I, see, on that, I agree with you. So just just to interrupt, I fully agree with you because now you can tell a school uniform that's been bought out of a Marks and Spencer compared to one that's been bought out of Primark or Tesco's. There's a difference in how that looks still. You can tell who's had their shoes bought out of a shoe zone or who's gone to get them custom made from Gucci or something like that. You can tell the difference in what quality of financial life someone has buy a school uniform as much as you can regular clothes the fact that most regular clothes named clothes are actually marketed also at poorer families so you can get it cheap out of as much as i uh, despise the company out of sports direct and places like that Um, as much as charity shops now aren't as badly seen as they were when i was a child in the 80s I don't think normal clothes are an issue anymore. And I think you're right. I think it's an authoritarian thing rather than a we must protect the children at all costs thing. Yeah, and it should be changed. So sad to see that they're doing that with the masks, really. Like when you say it could be really important, especially not even just for kids who are particularly vulnerable, but all kids, because, you know, their, yeah. their mental health has suffered through this time as well. And it would just be something comforting for them. I, I know there's an argument that some of them will probably just wear things with like a giant willy on them, which would, to be fair, would make me laugh. But um, yeah, I, most kids are just going to wear something, you know, like the, with the Avengers on or with, you know, Adventure Time or something. They're not going to... Or their you know, football team, yeah. Yeah, the it's, football team or whatever makes them happy. And it's, yeah... and. honestly it's really frustrating it's really frustrating because you can turn around and go look if we deem your mask to be offensive such as someone's 
draw got one with a, with with a, a willy on it or someone's got something offensive to stereotypes on it do you know what fine take that mask confiscate it and then give them a a, a surgical mask that they must wear for the rest of that day they are yeah. not allowed to wear that mask into school i get that but something's got a you know emblazoned in like where i am west ham or tottenham colors liverpool colors whatever that should be okay and wearing a rainbow mask what if you've got a child that you know throughout this has got a rainbow mask because they wanted to show support for lgbtq plus and you take that away from them what message are you sending them that it's not okay to be yourself it's not okay to show certain things it's not okay to have the thing that has been a comfort to you and at the same time, I can't argue the point for my son because I know he's got his Salah mask. He loves his Salah mask and it's it's good for him. It, it helps him, encourages him to want to wear it. He's got his Romford Raiders mask for the hockey team he plays for, which those kids could have shown solidarity because there are other kids from his team at that school. That's a good solidarity thing they can show. It allows them to recognise each other, I suppose, in, in the hall. And they can't do that. And now when do they get to wear it? So there's just so many little things that all this, we've got to get back to normal. We've got to get the kids back to learning. I'm not sure kids are going to go back straight away and be able to learn because they're going to be too anxious and they're going to be constantly worrying about if I'm, what am I, if I'm doing this one, what's going to happen? What What's going to happen? Oh, no, I've gone too near this friend or I know what my mind would be like. I know what my son's mind would be like. I know that that will happen with other kids as well and they need to make the kids feel comfortable so it's going to be interesting to see sort of like what the kids are like after the first couple of weeks back at school um it's also going to be interesting to see how much kids push the boundaries because kids love pushing boundaries at the same time but they are the guinea pigs it's uh, the next one is get my you know everyone's got to get back to work and and stuff like that and um i look yeah the biggest argument i saw this this made me laugh we need to get people back into work in london because we've got so many empty buildings that just aren't doing anything you know what are we going to do with them and i just thought well one if people can work from home and we're showing that that can work on the whole and we don't need as many buildings dedicated to a particular service and we've got empty buildings with not much going on in them i wonder what we could do with these empty buildings that could possibly provide some kind of shelter and maybe even housing. Maybe we could provide homes. Yeah. But no, we must get the, 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 the Londoners back into their offices because that's normal. Damn it, I went political. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, this situation has exposed the government so much that it's ridiculous oh, yeah. you know you'd have to be buying not to see how much it's exposed what they're after but there you go that's where we are but uh yeah no i mean it'll be interested to hear how the kids got on and what they say about their day and things like that because i i want them to all have a you know because i've got nephews and nieces i want them all to have a good a good time a good experience and be as safe as possible as well yeah i want him back in school don't get me wrong you know i, I Take away my thoughts on the, I think education needs a massive reform and we need to do away with standardised testing and all that stuff. He needs to be in school. I've got no issues with that. But not at the detriment of their mental health, not at the detriment of their physical health. It needs to be in the right situation. And if it comes to it and we start seeing a spike and I've got to take him back out of school, 
for his own health, for his own safety, I will do that. Find me all you bloody well like, but that I will be doing what's best for my kid. At the moment, I say I'm teetering on, I know this is what's best for him at the moment, but I am only teetering to that. I'm still not 100% sure yet. Fair enough. So, but I think that's that's really about it. I, I mean, I could go into a deep dive rant about something, but I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll save it. <laughs> um, what, what I will do actually, talking about this, is I might try and see if I can get Lucas on um, a recording next week and see how he's coped with his first week or a few days back. Uh, it'll be nice. It'll be interesting to get an insight about how it's affected a child's mental health direct from a child rather than us second-guessing it all. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, so I think that that's what we'll do. I'll try and get him on. He never shuts up, so he'll probably be nervous when he goes on and probably barely only answering yes and no. So if that works, I might get us to babysit him via interviews more often just to keep him quiet. <laughs> Why not? Um, but yeah, there's that to look forward to. You got anything else you want to add, Stu? No. Apart from, you know... You found out we're moving, so you want to double your efforts to get to Scotland? Absolutely. We're going no matter what, even if I'm living in a tent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that Marsh family's coming up. We are not staying. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, as as usual, um, I'll I'll buzz my way through a sign-off. Come and join us on Discord for any reason. If you want to chat video games, that's grand. If you want to chat books, films, that's grand. If you want to rant about anything that's grand if you want to speak to other people without judgment about your mental health no matter how dark you feel it is getting we are there for you again we know nothing's perfect we know we're not going to give a perfect catch-all answer to anyone but the community is there to help follow us on twitter if you like what we do you can support us via coffee or even patreon um, we're adding some extra bonus things to Patreon, so you'll be able to get these nice and early, unedited, before it goes up properly. And we do do some bonus episodes as well, which are Patreon exclusive. No mental health chat in those. It's all just pop culture type stuff. So you're not going to need to pay to get anything to do with mental health. And plenty of new stuff, hopefully, in the in the works. Now that the kids are back at school, I can concentrate on other bits as well. So you should start seeing a lot more good content coming from us. But as usual, thank you for joining us. And until next time, stay safe.